Welcome to Made in Mari, the podcast that focuses on the successes and struggles of local businesses. Let's get started. My name's G, I'm your host, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Caroline Dunbar, who is a partner in Duffy State. And I have a little bit of a problem because I really don't know how to describe Duffus Estate. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay. Um, hello. Uh, so basically, Duffus Estate is my husband's family's kind of historic family home, I guess. Okay. Um, they basically bought it in I don't know, the late 1600s, I think. Oh, my God. Uh, um, and there's been Dunbar's at Duffus ever since, basically. Uh, um, wow. So it's literally just gone down sort of through the generations. So they used to live in Duffus House. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 1930s, my husband's granddad decided to downsize. Mm-hmm. Um, so he moved out of Duffus House into the house where we now live. Okay. Um, and he rented it out to Duffus House, out to Gordonston. Um, mm-hmm. Well, he knew Kurt Hahn, the German educator who was coming over um from germany and uh was looking for a place to set up a school mm-hmm. um and gordonston is a pretty famous private school uh, yeah yeah so yeah. essentially it was before gordonston became the entity that, that is gordonston now yeah. they rented duff's house um mm-hmm. second world war came along they shifted down to wales uh-huh. the army took over the building after second world war the school came back and during that time, they'd been gifted Gordonston, which is next door to us. So they moved there. They always kept on Duff's house as a boarding house. Um, so basically, yeah, they rented that out for, for over 80 years. And the students from the school lived in the house? Yes. Yeah. So there's one of many boarding houses. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that kind of is that part of it. Essentially, the rest of it is a sort of traditional rural uh, agricultural estate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three tenant farms mm-hmm. uh, one farm which is in hand um, that we contract out and then there is a selection of properties some sort of just normally rented out as residential mm-hmm. lets and then we have a selection of holiday cottages as well and uh, we're also about to launch a new eco cabin um, oh, wow. at Duffus Castle as well um, so that's a new venture that we're just about to about to launch. Wow that sounds pretty amazing um, well let's start let's Let's dive in and start with the the eco house. What's that? Um, so basically, uh, that um, if anybody goes to Duff's Castle mm-hmm. and then looks to the north, um, you'll see a farmhouse just set back from the car park. So that's right. the first holiday let that we started eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. And then beside that, is that as you drive up to the castle? It's it, it's yeah. on the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and then beside that, you'll see. Um, essentially what looks like um but it's called it's a cabin it's an eco cabin um mm-hmm. it's all sort of clad in wood mm-hmm. um but essentially this paddock beside the farmhouse has just been sat empty mm-hmm. and not doing anything right. and so we thought oh we need to take more advantage of the fact that it's got these amazing views of the castle and also it's something a wee bit different compared to the normal holiday lets that we've got which is sort of mm-hmm. more traditional buildings and also we kind of wanted to look at something more sustainable and more in line sort of with everything that's going on at the moment. Um, so we've got solar panels and uh, it's all highly insulated. But yeah, it's just something a wee bit different and uh, really exciting. And people can come and stay there? Yes. 
Oh, wow. That's really nice. And this is next to the castle. So there's a castle on the estate. So how does the castle fit into the, the whole picture? Well, we didn't actually, well, my husband and I didn't really realize it was actually still part of the estate because it's essentially it's managed and looked after by Historic Scotland or mm-hmm. Historic Environment Scotland, as it's now known. And it was only when my father-in-law passed away and everything had to get valued that we actually realized that it is still forms part of the estate although we don't have any responsibility for it well how does that work they manage and maintain it yeah i mean it was again it was done decades ago my husband's grandfather handed over responsibility i think i don't really know all the legal ins and outs of it all Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah essentially it's historic scotland deal with that but so yeah it's, it's kind of quite cool so <laughs> yep but you know it's a weird one because i can never really say it's ours but um it forms part of the estate now the castle is pretty much a ruin yes no, right obviously you can stay in it or you could camp i suppose <laughs> yeah so do we know what happened and you know why the castle became a ruin um this is my take on it. I think yeah, I'm sure. basically right here okay. in that the Sutherland family were the last people to live in the castle mm-hmm. um, when it started subsiding um, and uh, what, falling over. Yes, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> as you can see. Um, I've I've seen one of the yeah, walls is leaning yeah, yeah. to the side. Um, they then decided to obviously build a new residence, so they used stone from Duffer's Castle to yeah. build Duff's house, oh, wow. um, and then. I think this is right in that they then ran out of cash by doing that mm. and then got into some financial difficulties. And then that's when the Dunbars then bought Duffus Estate because they were, mm. they've been all around Murray. So they were kicking around <laughs> in Elgin and yeah. all over the place. So the story with the castle is the castle began to fall over. Yeah. I th- basically, I don't think there's any foundations um, under, under it. Yeah. Uh, so um, classic mistake. Yeah. Wow. But makes for great photo opportunities now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does. It's dramatic. Yeah, yeah. It's very dramatic. And it's on its own little hill as well. Yeah. And the yeah. light at sunset and sunrise is stunning. Absolutely mm. stunning. So. Yeah, you get some nice photo shoots up yes. there. Also nice to rent one of the cottages next to the castle yeah. as well. Well, that's what started the whole holy let business off was with the farmhouse. It had just mm-hmm. been let out normally. Um, and the last lot of tenants, which was back about 12 years ago. And when they left, it hadn't been left. The property hadn't been left in a, in a great nick, basically. Yeah. Um, and my in-laws were just, they just couldn't face another renovation and mm. uh, they were wanting to sell it. And at the time, my husband and I were down living in East Lothian and we we're just like, oh my goodness, you cannot sell that house with that view. Like mm. it's such an asset. And so we persuaded them. Luckily they, ended up being persuaded but it took some persuasion <laughs> to allow us to to start trying to do it as a whole delay um which had its own challenges given that we were down in east lothian um but uh but obviously it worked yeah and can people stay in it for a longer period of time or how does it work so this is just purely holy lets okay. um so we have a minimum stay of three nights mm-hmm. um obviously the more nights the better yeah uh, um but we kind of have to be quite flexible because we have a lot of parents that stay that are visiting people in Gordonston so they only really want to take it for like you know two or three nights um so I probably have to be more flexible than I would necessarily like to be with it Mm. but uh but yeah no anybody can anybody can come and and book a stay and there's a number of farms connected to the property as well um well yeah so there's 
four four farms on the estate. Um, right. So um, this old Duffers farm, um, mm. and there's Rot Hills and the Baygrow and uh, Unthank as well. So um, and there's agricultural work going on on the farms yeah yeah crops? um uh, there's a mix um some some livestock and yeah. and some crops um obviously lots of barley yep. but uh, my husband generally deals he kind of deals with all the sort of farming side of it so yeah. <laughs> i'm not going to say that i know tons <laughs> about the farming side of things oh, it's, a, it's a lot to take in yeah. for for two people you got the farms you got the cottages you've got probably the land, other elements of land yeah. management. I imagine that there's sort of tourist paths and things. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, when we moved up, um, so we moved up January 2013, um, and there was there was a few sort of paths and things, but at that point, because Duffer's house had been rented to the school for over 80 years, mm-hmm. there were signs up everywhere saying Gordonston, keep out. Yeah. And so not a lot of local people realised that actually it was privately owned, and then when the school did actually vacate the building about two and a half years ago, suddenly we were able, the signs came down and we were able to say, hey, we're here, you know, this yeah. woodland, come come and visit, come and walk. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've been putting in a few paths over the years um, just to try and link up existing paths and things, which, um, yeah, you see like, the local sort of local dog walkers and people now kind of taking advantage. So that's that's really good. Yeah, it's it's nice to let people have access. Oh, yeah, 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 no, totally. So how did you get involved in the estate management in the first place? How did it all begin? So this uh, has come gradually. Um, so I met my husband. Um, we were both working for Majestic Wine um, in Perth at the time. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about the fact that he came from some estate up north. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all quite amusing, really, when I found <laughs> out. <laughs> He was just another guy. <laughs> it's not your usual thing that you find out when you meet somebody. Mm. Um, but uh, well, maybe he wanted to keep it kind of quiet. Cause... Well, yeah, I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't shout about it. Um, I think probably a lot of the time he just kind of wanted to ignore it and just wanted to be normal, whatever normal is. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you know, we were working together. We ended up getting together, um, getting married. At some point. We always kind of knew at the back of our heads that we would have to move up to Murray at some mm. point, but it was always quite easy to kind of ignore it and put it to the back <laughs> of our minds. Um, we were living in Edinburgh and then out in East Lothian, you yeah. know, happy. I'd had the kids, I'd started my own pet sitting business. Um, life was going mm. well, but as time ticked over, his dad was getting more and more poorly. Yeah. And then when the school said that they were vacating Duff's house, mm. we kind of knew okay, the stars are aligning, yeah. we kind of need to get ourselves up there. So for me, it was quite a painful move up, I think because it was a forced move rather than, I'm kind of quite an emotional person and yeah. I leave with my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it was something that was forced rather than coming from my own heart, I was quite negative about the move, Yeah. but now I would never go back. Well, it's interesting how much we fear some changes, but they turn out to be good for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I up until that point... I'd always said, I'm fine with change. I can cope with change. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, when I did suddenly have to do this big sort of life change, yeah. I really struggled. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like for the kids? Um, they were, I mean, they're quite small when we moved. So Sam was only, he wasn't even two yet. Uh-huh. And Isla was a year and a half. Uh, um, no, two, three and a half. Um, 
Okay, yeah, she she struggled a tiny bit, but yeah, nothing oh. nothing too major. And Sam didn't really notice. So yeah, mm. they were fine really. Yeah, kids adapt very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she knew what to say to me, pull on my heartstrings oh, okay. um, a little bit. But uh, but after a few months, it was absolutely fine. And I imagine they've got quite a bit of space there as well. Yeah. No, I mean, what frustrates me is actually they don't, I don't think they make the most of oh, the space right. that's okay, there. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, it really frustrates me because I grew up in rural Yorkshire in a little mm. village and we're always charging around the countryside on our bikes and mm. climbing trees and just yep. being feral. And... I don't know what it is about my kids because we're there saying, go out, you know, go and explore. And if they have their friends over, then they're probably more likely to go yeah. off. But I don't know. They don't go out as much as... Well, you don't appreciate things sometimes when they're really close to home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I do them a disservice. Like, I don't know. Um, just... how, how old are they now? So Isla's 10 and a half and okay. Sam will be nine shortly. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of time there, and um, who knows what will be in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to send my kids over, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, yeah. And, come and explore. Right. I have to. There's so many great things in the local environment and the community that I'm always realizing and thinking, I have to do that, and I have to do yeah. that, and I have to do that as well. I need to stop procrastination and start, start action <laughs> and um, get out there. What are typical tasks that you have to do on a daily basis in your work? Hmm. Now, every day is definitely different. So there is, yeah. There's no two days the same, really. Um, like, of, for instance, this morning mm -hmm. I woke up and immediately I got an email through from one of the cottages saying the TV was broken. <laughs> and you know, it's just like oh, it's just mm -hmm. it's just a frustration. So, but you know, you just that's what comes of renting houses. Yep. Um, so it was sorting that out. But generally, you know, I try in the morning to deal with any bookings that have come in overnight just to keep all the availability calendars up to date. Yep. That's the most important thing, just to avoid double bookings and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. Uh, um, so, yeah, I generally, generally, if I was kind of giving you what could be a typical day, is, um, yeah, paperwork, problem solving, <laughs> dealing with any issues. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then I'm in the process. There's all, I'm always in the process of, of a project, or whatever. So now I'm kind of looking to get a new website done. So I'm kind of I've made a decision actually just this week of who I'm going to. So mm -hmm. it's kind of my head's now all kind of on websites and photographers and and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. We have to keep things up to date. Did you always think that you might end up doing something like this? No. 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 <laughs> no. Okay. I would um, never have imagined I'd end up. How do you orientate to starting when you suddenly have to manage land or manage property and you don't have a history of it? You have experiences, but... Um, I suppose you learn as you go on. I don't know. Over, If you look at my life overall, there's a lot of common themes of hospitality and customer mm -hmm. service and yeah. dealing with people. And I think I am quite a people person. Mm -hmm. um, so there's kind of broad and the kind of jobs I've had of all yeah kind of built up to kind of what I do now so although I haven't had you know direct experience to what I'm doing now it's all kind of yeah come together well, little skills you pick up along the way yeah 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 and then I suppose it's just been experience because we started with the one holy let we've now got the five wow. uh, um it's quite a jump from one to five yeah I mean it's been gradual over 11 years um so we started with one and then the next year we had the second 
and it wasn't until we moved up um, that we had the third. And then a couple of years ago, we bought a wee flat in Lossie, which just is something a wee bit different. Yeah. Um, and then and then with the eco cabin. So I'm kind of always looking to move forward. What's the next thing? What can we do? You know, what, how to be different? Because you know the the market is saturated with with holiday lets. Um, yeah. So um, it's just trying to do that something a wee bit different. Are there different times that are peak times of the year for letting? It used to be, when we first started, it used to be very seasonal. Um, But actually, as time's gone on, it's not so seasonal. Um, We kind of tick over throughout the the winter season as well. I mean, it goes Mm. a wee bit quieter. I don't know whether that's because we've been established for so long that we've got, you know, we have an awful lot of repeat bookings, which is great. And also just that the area is which i know anyway the area is increasing for tourism anyway um so so yeah you sound like a person who pays attention to details so what is it about the lets that make them different or special for the guests that come each one of them is different they've each got their own character you know they're all unique it's on and it is it's family run it's not run by a big company um it's myself and i've got I say cleaner, but she's so much more than a cleaner. It's, oh, yeah, um, sort of Gemma that kind of helps me with them. And uh, it's funny when you start when we started them off, you know, you can't afford to kind of. All of a sudden, we couldn't afford to get them all up to a really high standard immediately. So mm-hmm. it has been a real work in progress over the years to kind of keep investing, keep redecorating, mm-hmm. keep updating the kitchens and the bathrooms. Yep. But it is—it's a labour of love, and I, I invest my heart and soul into them. I think that's what, yeah, pe- that shows through, I think, uh, hopefully, um, that it really, yeah, it really means something that I have get them to the best they possibly can be. I've been following some of the work on Instagram where you, you post like the, the updated pictures yeah. and the places look uh, really nice. Did, did I read correctly that people can bring their pets as well when they come and stay there? Uh, so for the three original cottages, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've got dogs in the family and... Yeah. Um, don't necessarily need them with us all the time on holiday, but <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. it's you know, it, it, I think people do appreciate bringing you know, if you're a doggy family, then you want yeah. to bring your pets with you. Um, the wee flat in Lossie was the first one that I said no, no pets to, and that's purely because it's the first floor flat, and I felt that I didn't want the sort of the lady that lives underneath, yeah. you know, it's her home, and she doesn't need to hear sort of dogs barking or whatever. So I said no to that, and actually that gave me the confidence with the eco cabin. Actually, I've, at the moment, I'm saying no pets there. Uh-huh. I've had a bit of a wobble with that because I've had existing customers from the other cottages. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, but it's just, it's so lovely and so pristine. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to try and keep it that way for as long yeah. as I can. No, no, I, comple- I completely understand that. And also there's a market for people that, you know, have allergies and things as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, to say that, you know, yeah. it is completely pet free, there's, you know, it's another market. So, well, it's, it's nice to hear that there's a variety of, uh, of options there. Definitely. How hard is it to sell the services and the cottages to people? Is there a, is there a good place to market that? Um, I suppose in terms of with websites, like I say, we're, I'm now about to do a new website. I think mm-hmm. you need to keep on top of, of, I mean, I'm not techie at all, but you know, you see what websites are out there and things do get outdated, um, sort of reasonably quickly. Yep. Um, 
And one thing that we don't have, which I've known for a long time we need to have, is our own kind of online booking system. Because I do advertise on several other sort of platforms out yeah. there, but obviously they have their own booking fees. And so you find I pay booking fees, the guest pays booking fees. And so I'm just like, you know, we need to get rid of all of that and uh, get our own sort of booking system. Is, um, is there one major national portal where everybody puts their data or, or how does it work? Because I don't know. Um, I suppose, you know, you get the biggies like Airbnb, um, okay. which I've actually only on, gone on to about 18 months ago. Um, it's worked really well for the smaller properties. The larger one, not so much. I've had a few yeah. bookings, but it has actually worked well for the smaller ones. Right. Um, and then you get the behemoth of uh, <laughs> TripAdvisor, <laughs> yeah. um, which love it or hate it, it's there. And the majority of the time, I do get really, really good reviews which is is great you get the odd maybe not so good one and you know you, i always take it so personally when you get a bad one um yeah and like i say it doesn't it happens very rarely but when it does you know it does make you stop and think and it's like well do they have a point do they not have a point um and you know it's there for a reason but um sometimes it can be a bitter pill to swallow and you just say oh yeah <laughs> so so how do you handle a negative review if somebody writes one? Because everybody in business has experienced some yeah. resistance or yeah. negativity. Um, well, I've learned to go away for 24 hours and <laughs> stew on it. <laughs> breathe, breathe, just keep breathing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's just it's just forming that reply. And and it's hard because I suppose it's... To, depends whether you feel they've got a point or not and if they do have a point then yeah you take that on board and you yeah. apologize and you acknowledge it and um, and you then try and do something about it if you don't feel they've got a point it's like how do you politely you know frame your reply that you're acknowledging what they're saying but you're also saying your side of the story as well yeah. um but uh yeah you just you just deal with it luckily it doesn't happen very often but yeah it's something that that has to be acknowledged yeah oh totally totally sure. and sometimes people do you know sometimes they do have a point uh, well everybody's different and yeah. you can't prepare everything exactly the way that everybody's going no on. and that's one thing that you try to cover all bases of holiday lets yeah. but there's always something that mm. people think yeah you should have done this but it's like <laughs> oh like come on <laughs> The curtains are too long or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. People I mean, say. people people do say, because my mind's gone blank now, but I have had the most random things yeah. that people say. But yeah, it certainly opens your eyes to how people live. <laughs> yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. What's the nicest thing that uh, somebody has said about the cottages? Because oh, um, my mind's gone blank now as well, but I do get, you do get lovely comments and mm -hmm. cards people leave cards and wine and like yeah. chocolates afterwards and uh, that's um, nice is there a little guest book that people sign yeah yeah there's messages. guest book and things um but uh i think if they if they pay attention to the little things that i've done like i'll leave you know I'll, like a couple of days ago i like got some um just some daffodils and uh, snowdrops out of the garden and just pop them in vases around the place and oh, wow. little you know just little things like that and you have the fire laid for them so all they need to do mm. is just strike a match when oh. they get in um and just just little things like that and if people notice that and yeah. we've had a couple of yeah a couple of reviews after christmas in one of them where they had really noticed all all mm. the little things that i'd done and that is just like that makes me feel good that wow. it's been noticed and appreciated sounds really nice the extra effort that people make is always worthwhile 
when you find a client or customer that realizes what you've done. Yeah. For sure. How do you define success within the organization of the work that you do? I mean, obviously, you know, you have your monetary success, but Mm -hmm. which is obviously important because it's your bread and butter and that's why you do it. But for me, it is, it's when you get those lovely comments and the lovely reviews and, and that just makes me feel good. It's like people have appreciated what you've done. It's nice. And feedback matters. It does. Yeah. In those situations. What's the structure of your working day? Is it fixed? Is it flexible? Uh, very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I mean, that's the thing. I would Sometimes I would actually just love to have a nine to five and then mm-hmm. turn my computer off and my phone off at five o'clock <laughs> and not be available. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, just doing what we do, it's great in that it is flexible. So mm-hmm. I'm around a lot for the kids. I can go to assemblies. I can go to nativities yeah. um, and all of that kind of thing. But, you know, I can be answering phone calls or emails, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm around all weekend and people will be calling or, yeah. you know, emailing. And, you know, in this day and age, they expect an immediate response. Um, and if they've contacted two or three holdylets, you know, you need to be the first person to get yeah. back. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we first started, it was kind of, you know, you get back within sort of 24 hours or something. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Holiday Lettings, which has now become part of TripAdvisor, kind of putting a sort of six hour time limit on it. And you, your kind of your percentage of how you were ranked in the listings went down if you were replying after six hours. Yeah. And when that came in a few years ago, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing that. But now I get so stressed if I can't reply like immediately. Yeah. Um, so I... Yeah, unfortunately, I always have my phone with me. As soon as something comes in, I get this panicky feeling because <laughs> I need to respond immediately. Yeah. And it does take its toll. I get really sick of it sometimes. And I just want to be able to have a break. Mm. Um, so how do you do that? How do you have a break? <laughs> um, After saying you've got so, <laughs> so much work. <laughs> um, two things. Um I suppose the big thing is coastal rowing. Um, right. A lot of coastal rowing um, with the Burkhead Rowing Club. And uh, and then just more recently is wild swimming, freshwater swimming in the sea. Wow. From where I live, I sometimes see a little boat going up and down outside the harbour. Is that in some way connected to... It's a different club, but okay. exactly the same boat. Um, so essentially, um, it's just an ale skiff and um (laughs) (laughs) whoa that's right (laughs) over my head whoa what's that so uh it's actually the scottish coastal rowing project is about to celebrate its 10-year anniversary this year okay um so it was project started down in anstruther at the fisheries museum and they wanted to design a boat that communities could come together and build um so you needed somebody with a little bit of woodworking experience but you didn't have to be a boat builder um and they wanted to kind of recreate uh sort of regattas that have been done in the sort of mining communities in the east nuka fife um sort of back in the early 1900s so they got Um, so you you have to go more slowly for me i'm I'm lost mining communities the what where so Fife, East Nuka Fife in 
Um, okay. So you got Anstruther and Pitt and Weem and Ely and these little <laughs> tiny. <laughs> I'm just pretending I know these places. <laughs> the tiny, tiny little like fishing communities, basically right. in Fife. Like like Lossiemouth used to be. Yeah, 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 Maybe. yeah. Just but just down in Fife, and there's okay. a museum. There's a National Fisheries Museum there. Right. And um, there was a community project ten years ago where they wanted to design a boat that they felt was easy enough for communities to build themselves. Mm-hmm. They did that. They got an international boat builder that actually lives on Sky, Ian Oatred, to come on board and he helped help design what is now known as an ale skiff. Right. It then basically proved really popular and started spreading across the Firth Forth and all these little coastal communities. So at the time I was living in Kakenzie in Port Seaton, mm-hmm. which is on the other side of the Firth Forth um, in East Lothian. Okay. Uh, um, and one of the old fishermen was on the board of the fisheries museum across the water in Anstruther. So he saw what was going on um, and thought, oh, we could do that in our community. Yeah. So um, essentially, these boats, I should say, these boats are kind of, you can buy them as kits, so, so marine ply kits. Okay. So um, they come and it's just a load of kind of rectangular bits of plywood, essentially. Right. Um, you have like essentially a set of instructions. Okay, um, can you? <laughs> I'm, I I, I got to profess complete ignorance here. Can you build a boat from just rectangular pieces? Do yeah, I mean, there's bits you cut or? out. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, there's bits that um, you can see that um, that you cut out. Is I'm making it sound quite simple. It was quite hard. It's a little bit harder than Lego. Yes, right? okay. a little bit harder Lego, but okay, um, cause, cause I'm cool with Lego. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to go off on a tangent, but yeah, basically. Um, the Scottish Coastal Rowing Association um, formed as a result of of these um, communities throughout the Firth of Forth deciding, oh, this is actually really cool. We can get mm-hmm. communities together, we can fundraise, we can build boats. Um, and they started having their own regatta. Yep. So I, at the time, was living in one of these communities, saw what was going on and thought, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So started rowing with them. Fast forward 10 years and there's now over 200 clubs around Scotland, 200 boats. Um, wow. It's gone international. They've had two world championships. Of, of rowing these boats yes, that people these specific, have made yeah. themselves. So each boat has been funded and built by their own community. So it means communities, it's it's a way for coastal communities that have lost contact with the sea, with the decline of fishing and things, to actually yeah. reconnect back with their heritage wow. and to keep these skills alive as well. It's it's really emotive and due to its success it's just proven how like how great it is and and how connected people actually want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well. also pretty much it connects people of all ages and you don't have to be uber uber fit to you know, to get rowing. Um so yeah, you can have people of various decades all in a boat, all different backgrounds and yeah, it just brings people together. It's how That's many amazing. people can be in one boat at a time? Uh, so you have five people. So yeah. there's four people rowing and yeah. then a cox yeah. who steers the boat and is complete is in charge of Okay. The and boat. Is, is he like saying, pull, pull? Something. Yeah, it might be. Do you, do you get yeah. in time or something like that? Yeah. I've seen those things on TV, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it depends whether you're out yeah. for a gentle, a gentle row or a proper training session. Right. Right. Did I see on the news recently that somebody or some people rowed across the Atlantic? Yeah, something? there was, um, now this is a different type of boat, but um, okay. but yeah, there was, I think 
three brothers from Edinburgh that um, smashed the uh, record for for rowing across. That, that's mental, right? Mm. Um, well, people obviously won't be doing that much rowing, but it sounds like a nice way to to get out and connect. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so yeah, so basically, as I was saying previously, when I was down in East Lothian, um, yeah. and then when I moved up here, um, the closest club at that point back in 2013 was in Port Soy. Yep. So I went out with them a few times, but obviously that wasn't sort of doable in the long term to keep yep. keep going with them. So that's when I decided that I needed to stop moaning and actually do something about it and uh, set about forming um, Birkhead Coastal Rowing Club. So you started your own rowing club? Yes. Right. Did you did you have a boat or how did you uh, no, do that? No, um, it was me on okay. my Todd. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I had a lot of support from my old club and from other existing clubs. Um, yeah. But essentially, I just put a article in the Northern Scot and the P&J mm-hmm. and basically it's ex- explained a wee bit about the history of, of the project and um, then said, yeah, does anybody want to come and build a boat and join a club? And people did? They did. Um, it's, yeah, I can't get my head around it now, but <laughs> but the fact that I actually did this, but yeah, basically we called an open meeting um, in a pub in Burghead mm-hmm. and I turned up and I was absolutely petrified that nobody would turn up and actually got a room, room full of folk and there was myself and then a couple of folk from the Port Soy Club had come along as well. And by the end of that meeting, there was enough people interested to um, basically form a committee Um and then from there, yeah, we kind of formed a club, got a constitution, got a bank account, started fundraising, applying for grants. And uh, within, I don't know, within probably about four months, we'd raised enough to buy the boat kit. Wow. How did you raise the money? Did you do anything special? Uh, so the boat kit at the time was about £1,500, I think. So they're designed to be af- affordable so that yeah. communities... Well, the- yeah, that that sounds like an affordable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money, but if communities come together yeah. and um, it's specifically designed to be affordable, oh, we did quiz nights and coffee mornings, and I think we did a sponsored walk and uh, mm-hmm. sort of various things. And then you, you do also have to raise money for extra. There's extra timber that you need for other bits of the boat and things, um, and you need to get a trailer. Um, yeah. And alongside that, we also then applied for some European funding to get a boat shed as well, um, which was another epic challenge to (laughs) sort that out. But we did it. Um, Can can you get European funding for a boat shed? Well, it was was part of... The acronym was FLAG funding, and it was specific funding for um, coastal areas Uh that had seen a decline in fishing and things and, um, sort of regenerating sort of coastal areas basically. Mm. So it was part European funding and part sort of Scottish government funding. Um, so you had to match fund it. So we applied for it and got it. And then we also had to, to match fund as well. Uh Um, but yeah, I think if we'd known how much time and paperwork that went into that, I don't know whether we'd, but we're quite naive and yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) Sure, sure. But but we did it, and we've got a boat shed, and and we built the boat in my garage, um, at the time. And uh, yeah, I mean the boat's been on the water now for about five and a half years, um. So yeah, Fantastic. it's all worth it. Fantastic, and that's all because you just asked a question: Is anybody interested? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of the proudest things that I've ever done, mm-hmm. um. But it just taught me that actually, if you really want to do something, that 
you just have to do it. It doesn't matter what people think. If you mm-hmm. truly believe that you can do something and you believe in what you're doing, then then nothing, yeah, nothing can did, stop did, you. Did you have some people who thought that maybe you were a bit crazy to want to do this? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there weren't any other... Now there's tons of clubs because there's a club in Lossiemouth and a club in mm-hmm. Fintorn and mm-hmm. Nairn and they're up and down the coast um, in Cullen and Fenecti. Mm-hmm. But at that point... The, there wasn't any other clubs. It was just me kind of talking yep. to anybody who would listen to say, yep. hey, do you want to come and build a boat and join a club? Uh, um, so I'm sure people thought, and I, I know a lot of the local fishermen and stuff thought that I was completely mad. I was some random English female <laughs> <laughs> charging around their harbour. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think they've they've just learned to to deal with us now. I think it also sometimes takes an injection of new blood into things. People who've been living in the same place for a long period of time, sometimes that environment becomes a little bit stagnant, a little bit stale. Well, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm really conscious that I am, and certainly was then, and still am now, um, an outsider, mm-hmm. and you know, this is their home, and and uh, yeah. But but where are we going to get new ideas from then? Where are we going to get the the freshness where we're going to get the the blood you could say that's going to inject into the community that's going to take us yeah. somewhere new but it was lovely that when we first launched the boat a lot of the people that came and joined the club were kind of local to Burghead and that kind mm-hmm. of made us you know kind of feel actually yeah and now you know five years on the boat's been in the water over five years and Hopefully, yeah, we're kind of part and parcel of the community and we join in, the club joins in um, at various events and things and we generally have stalls at things so people know us and recognise us now. Yeah. And did I see some pictures online of a group of crazy ladies <laughs> dancing in the ocean? Yes, yes, you did. Uh-huh. What, what's that about? <laughs> um, so basically... On the 1st of January of this year, I mm-hmm. did the Looney Duke in Hopeman, okay. which I did the previous year as well. Yep. Um, For those not um, understanding Scott. Um, basically, you charge into the sea. Um, Looney meaning you're crazy yes. and Duke means that you're diving into the water yeah, or something like that. something like that. Um, and ever since then, I spent the whole of January kept saying, oh, I really should go in again because you feel so amazing after yep. you've been in the water. And I've got another friend who goes while swimming in Lossy Mouth and yeah. I kept seeing her posts online yeah. and I kept thinking, oh, I should be doing it. I should be doing it. And then we were literally sat around a friend's kitchen table a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we'd had a few glasses yep. and uh, anyway, it came up in conversation and we decided that we would go on the following Sunday morning. And we're all lying in bed on Sunday morning, WhatsApping each other, going, I really don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I can imagine. So Promise is a promise. Exactly. And so I literally had to go outside and it was minus two and I had to defrost the car. I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) What on earth am I doing as I'm defrosting the car? Yep. But um but yeah, no, we made it. So um we've been out about six or seven times now since then. Um we generally go from West Beach and Hopeman and mm. we've kind of more said it's more of a strip and dip rather than swimming <laughs> <laughs> because it's really really not that much swimming going on we kind of charge into the sea <laughs> splash around a bit and then, <laughs> and then what an out. unfortunate title for the activity oh my God. but it's quite accurate <laughs> no, it, yeah 
<laughs> but yeah, no, the the feeling that you get afterwards, like you you just feel like you're yeah. totally buzzing, you're zinging, mm. you're really kind of uh, mm. yeah. It's the rush of endorphins. So yeah, it's yeah. my it's my new my new thing. Well, no, you don't need to spend a fortune in heroin and cocaine. You just go exactly and just go. And <laughs> <laughs> jump in the water have the same effect it's much healthier for exactly. you exactly there, there you go god gave you everything you need <laughs> right right stop 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 searching it's all here we found it um so can other people join into these activities or yeah yeah it? i mean ours we're just a group of friends but yeah. you know if anybody came up to us and said can i join you then we'd be like yeah sure of course yeah. you can um and i know that like this group in Lossie, I think it's the Lossie Codheads. Yeah, uh, um, they go regularly, um, and yeah, I know that they welcome anybody. Because uh, um, I was going to go with them, and then I thought, oh. actually, Hopeman is far closer to home for me. And um, you know, there's a group of like-minded nutters, yeah. <laughs> so, which is going from there. I consider myself a person who loves challenges, and there's absolutely no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> Abs- absolutely none. What? What is the what is the difference, you know? What is that switch that makes people or somebody go and do that? For me, I can't really talk about anybody else, but for me, <laughs> okay. it's it's just purely a mental challenge. I think I've got so much going on at home and work and my brain is constantly buzzing and I've constantly got so much going on that for me, actually, just I zone everything out and all I'm thinking about is me in that moment going into the water and feeling the water and feeling my body responding to the water and just Mm -hmm. focusing on that and it's only for a few minutes because I'm not in the water for very long but I suppose it's coming to that kind of mindfulness thing but I'm not quite there yet because a lot of the time I'm yelping and (laughs) squeaking (laughs) and swearing (laughs) but I'm trying it's like controlling the breathing and being in the moment um and I've found, I was in this morning and I found definitely my tolerance is growing. So I was in the water. I, I don't know. I don't time it, but I, I know I was in the water for longer than I ever have been. And I'm trying to focus more on the breathing and just trying to kind of, yeah, but it does, it blocks everything out and you're just in that moment and then you rush out and then everything's just. Yeah. It, it reminds me of how sport used to be for me when I was a student, it would just take the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing, doing something different, doing that, doing that activity. And for some reason, figures, accounts, numbers don't seem to mean much when you're (laughs) freezing to death in the, in, in the water. Wow. On, on a work related topic, what is it that you enjoy most about the work that you have to do right now? I really love being able to see the properties, being able to get the properties looking their best. Yep. Being, We've been investing a lot over the last few years into really kind of getting them up to scratch mm-hmm. and then seeing the guests appreciate it and getting seeing other people appreciate my hard work or our hard work. What are the hardest parts? Um, <laughs> there's tons of hard parts. <laughs> um, I my heart sinks when you get a phone call at whatever time of night, and you know the boiler's broken. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And it's snowing outside, and we've had that. Um, yeah. And 
yeah, this generally generally it's mainly a boiler. Um, and it doesn't matter how many times you get them serviced and, you know, everything's up to date and there's there'll be something that happens. Um, yep. And, you know, you have to you have to deal with it. Absolutely. Um, so we've got a big supply of plug in oil radiators in my <laughs> garage that I can I can go out with. And pretty much all the properties have open fires and burners and things. But, um, yeah, it's just having to deal with problems. And I get stressed. I get really stressed with that because. I work so hard to try and make everything perfect for people. Mm. And then when it goes wrong, yeah. it's just like, oh, and you know, some people have saved up for ages for their one holiday and yeah. you just want it to go right for them. Um, Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. And also I think people need to understand that there are going to be little issues here and there. There always are with businesses. If I take, for example, doing these interviews, there's always a different problem every time and once you clear up that one you meet a new challenge yeah but but that's the way forward and i think a lot of people sometimes fear progress because that's going to mean a new challenge yeah a different challenge but it's only positive and you have to face it you have to go through it what is something that you've learned recently about running a business that you can uh, share with people? Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a tricky one. Yes. What was the last thing that you had to do that was, oh, this is different? Or perhaps that's just like an everyday experience. I don't know. I was plunging a toilet, had my arm down the toilet the other day. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's the stuff that people can't see. That's the stuff that people can't see. Yeah, right? no, I did. Um, I was, yeah, I was trying to deal with the block toilet and yeah. <laughs> trying, trying to not to have to call a plumber out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's um, well, these are real problems, right? They these are, are problems and despite despite there being lovely, discreet, polite signs saying "please don't put baby wipes down the yeah. toilet," mm -hmm. they happen and. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating because, you know, it's a rural area. We're not on mains sewage or septic tanks. Yep. And people just ignore your polite requests. Or they forget or they're not paying attention. Yeah. Or they're yeah. busy with something else. Um, or they do what they would do at home and yeah. forget they're not at home. Yeah. Um, if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about the work that you have to do to make everything easier or better, what would you change? In an ideal world, an absolute ideal world, I would have somebody else at the end of the phone that customers called that would deal with everything. But I don't want that because then you lose that personal touch. Mm -hmm. um, I think if I handed it over to somebody else, I'd... I don't know. I, I know that we need to, at some point, we'll be bringing more people into the business, especially yeah. with the toughest house thing. Um, if you love what you do, it's hard to pass it on to other people. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, because I've kind of worked so hard on it over the yeah. last few years. But I know with what we've got coming up that yeah. I can't do everything. Um, yeah. And already I'm struggling trying to do everything, so... What's it like on your husband's side of the business? Is he just as busy as you, I imagine? Yeah, um, essentially he has his own job. He's a rural surveyor. Right. So he was Monday to Friday doing that. Um, yeah. About six months ago, he actually dropped two days from his kind of proper job yeah. to focus more on 
on the estate and the Duffus House development. Um, but yeah, he is just, he's crazy busy as well. Um, there'll be, you know, drainage issues with ditches and yep. there's just, that's the current thing at the moment. Um, yeah, trying to fit in his normal work, which sometimes forgets that he has actually dropped a couple of days and that um and then estate stuff and Duff's house stuff so yeah between us we're we're always super busy yeah i can i can imagine has changing or developing technology affect the way the business runs at all it probably should do more than it is okay i'm not techie at all um so i kind of do what i have to do there's probably there's probably stuff out there that would make my life easier um but then it would take time to yeah. to learn it as yes. well yes i mean like i was sort of saying earlier we need i'm in the process of sorting out a new website yeah and as part of that i want to take online bookings ourselves which mm-hmm. i've known for a long time we need to do um yeah. but again because it's a technical thing i've kind of ignored it for as long as possible but actually i need to just stop ignoring it and get it sorted um because again we need to move forward and i feel that our current website doesn't do us all the properties justice it needs Mm. to be more professional and more slick and do you have a to-do list or how do you uh, yeah i have lots of to-do lists (laughs) (laughs) which which one yeah (laughs) um i started doing um the diagrams on a big poster that i put on the wall in front of me oh Um, okay uh how does, each, that, how does that work? Well, I have like an, I have each property and then kind of lines coming off from each property uh-huh. um, with what I, I... I actually did find that quite quite good visual thing just yeah. to have up in front of me. So I have yeah, like I yeah. the five different property names and then mm-hmm. lines coming off them all. Um, yeah. and the things that need to be done. And yeah, in each one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I constantly have to-do lists. But then I, I write lists. I've got a notebook for the properties in my bag. I've got my diary. I've got lists of stuff on my desk and... Mm-hmm. sometimes i just have too many what's your vision for your personal work in the future or how how would you like to change your work so that you feel better about it um that's tricky because mm-hmm. at the moment and i look forward to the future yeah i all i can see is the duffus house development which right. is going to is a total i keep using the word behemoth in regards to duff's house because okay talk a little bit about it what does that entail you know what is it changing from and where is it going so essentially it was this well obviously historically the family home for the last kind of 80 years it was a boarding house for gordonston um and then they let go of the lease and moved out three years ago so now we have obviously a big rental gap from that so instead of the building bringing in money it's now costing us a lot of money sat empty every every year yeah and i've seen some pictures of it oh wait a minute <laughs> is that one up on the monitor here yeah is that, is that it? okay um quite big so it's a kind of 15th century kind of tower house with a huge big victorian extension mm-hmm. um so yeah it's pretty big um so yeah, so basically we've been working in the background for the last few years on its redevelopment. Um, it would have been easy and a lot of people keep suggesting, you know, why don't you just turn it into flats? Right. That would be the easy answer. But actually that just didn't sit easy yeah. with myself or Ed. Um, and sometimes what's easiest is not what's best. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just, yeah, it was just, no, we need to look at it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
and go with kind of what feels right in our gut. Um, When we had our first feasibility study done before we moved up um, back in 2012, since we've been up, we've kind of changed things and we had the kind of market appraisal and everything updated a couple of years ago. Um, And we've now got our planning permission and building warrant through. So we will have downstairs a cafe mm-hmm. some retail space and some sort of flexible space um so whether that's kind of private dining or pop-up gallery space or mm-hmm. basically whatever sort of takes our fancy um and upstairs we will have some more self-catering apartments and some b&b rooms as well so it's quite a huge um it, it is there's a lot of a lot of things going yeah. on there wow how do you feel about all of the, all of that <laughs> Depends, depends what day you ask me on. I can be overwhelmed. Okay. I can be excited. I can yeah. be, um, yeah, it, I, the whole gamut of emotions yeah. comes with something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe in the future the children might get involved in uh, doing things? Who knows? Um, I certainly have them as pot washers at some point in the cafe. <laughs> That's a good summer job. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, you know, it's like, I mean, Ed's parents always said to kind of, he's got two sisters as well. And mm-hmm. I think it was always expected, although probably never massively verbalized, but it was yeah. always an undercurrent that he would have to come up and take over things. Yeah. Um, and he was putting it off as long yeah, as possible. He did, right? yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I would love not for the kids not to have that pressure. Um, you know, if they wanted to, that's great. But certainly, I think what's really important to both of us is that they go away and they work away and they travel and they get experience and if they want to come back and take things on then that's brilliant i've done loads of traveling and stuff Mm -hmm. my husband not so much but i took a year off before uni and took a year off after uni and Mm -hmm. i've done lots of different things and i think it's really important that they do that as well and they see what else is out there and then they bring something else back with them yep and and maybe in a sense similar to what your husband has done because he moved away yeah. and he's brought you with fresh ideas back in and you know hopefully that injection has been very positive for everybody it definitely sounds like that anyway well done <laughs> <laughs> well done and and you've just start and you just started as well so i can see that things are going to develop yeah. so so that that's pretty amazing what's been the greatest challenge for you doing it all the greatest challenge <laughs> it's just one challenge yeah. to another challenge well it is another. i think and this is probably more coming from me personally i don't know i think it's almost hard to articulate but when people say oh well, what do you do and you know where do you live mm-hmm. and you say the word estate office estate and people immediately have assumptions mm-hmm. and I really struggle with that because mm-hmm. I used to be one of those people that had assumptions about people that had the states and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, you go around wearing lots of tweed and have lots of cash and <laughs> have battered old Land Rovers and all the rest of it. <laughs> and that's not my life in the slightest. I've, I've seen those Johnson's Rolling advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, it's not like that? No, well, certainly we're not like that. We don't, I don't think we conform to that stereotype. Um yeah. But I kind of, I'm quite, I'm very conscious of, of that. Um, and when we first moved up and because I'm English, a lot of folk just assumed I was RAF and it's like, no, 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 I'm not RAF. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 
I think now that I'm established and certainly, you know, I've got my mates and yeah. everybody knows us, um, we're kind of settled in, but I've found that, yeah, a bit of a challenge. It is at first. And I think it might be quite connected to this region as well, that although people are extremely friendly, sometimes they don't know how to deal with new things and new elements yeah. when they when they come into this area. And certainly the day after we moved up here and I went into the post office and mm-hmm. they knew who I was before I'd even opened my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and that took a bit of getting used to. It's the way of life here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's the way that people live and have lived for a long period yeah. of time. And I love it now. I love the fact that the kids have grown up in a community like this that mm-hmm. is still such a proper community. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it's a great thing that kids here can go out and play and you don't have to worry yeah yeah yeah. whereas there are a lot of other parts and places where they can't do that well that's it they get so much more freedom to be kids yeah which is very important on a personal level in terms of influence and recommendations what books should everybody read (laughs) (laughs) well at the moment i'm reading um a book that my husband actually bought me for Valentine's Day, bless him. Oh, it's just called Taking the Plunge, and it's all about wild swimming. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what you're like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he is very, very thoughtful, bless him. Mm. And we don't generally do kind of gifts at Valentine's and stuff, um, but but yeah, he did bless him. Um, so I'm actually really enjoying that because um, it's just obviously, as I've said how, earlier, how much can you write about wild swimming? Well, it's all thinking about how it helps mental health and oh, helps okay. um you know the whole mindfulness and mm-hmm. um and the whole sort of physiological thing that's going on yep. um so yeah no i'm enjoying that that's good oh. yeah, um nice it's okay. called taking the plunge it's very good okay uh, hey if, if you're interested out there uh <laughs> take take the plunge and get take the plunge there you go time travel is possible where would you go and why Hmm. that's so tricky because i'd love to go to so many places at so many different times um i don't know almost uh, it's so hard to pin down but actually as i'm just looking at your monitor and looking at the photo of duff's house actually it would have been be quite cool to go back in time and Mm -hmm. see the dunbar family that was there at some point back in time and how they lived and what they were like and yeah that'd be quite cool yeah, because we've got this picture in our head of how things were, but the reality is probably yeah. slightly different for that. But that's just one choice out of many. <laughs> I would love to go into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's a nice one because it ties in with your work yeah. and uh, and everything that you that you do. What kind of legacy would you like to leave behind you in connection with your work? Um, I suppose overall, a business that's been successful is continuing to be successful in whatever form it may be in the future. Um, but I suppose just that people know that I tried my best and worked hard and yeah, put my sort of blood, sweat and tears into it. Um, yeah. but I suppose everybody wants to be remembered well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do, they, they do in general. But not everybody leaves something behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's usually those people building the businesses 
that make a bigger mark on society? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I mean, I look back and actually my dad's family, um, they had their own business mm-hmm. um, that's still going now, although it's, there is, yeah, there is still a family member still in it, but um, that was my great, yeah, my great granddad. Did um, that give you any experiences that you carried forward? Probably unconsciously. Uh-huh. Um as a little girl growing up in York, I was always mm. quite proud that when you saw the Oliver's removal van, they had like a removal and furniture business. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I was always dead chuffed when you saw the vans go past. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's my granddad's name, that is, or great granddad's yeah. name. Um, mm-hmm. So I suppose, yeah, without realising. Um, and then I set up my own sort of pet sitting and dog walking business back mm-hmm. down in East Lothian. And then I moved up here and then set up the rowing club. And then kind of, I suppose, yeah, without without realising it, probably probably did maybe also give you an eye for good furniture (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) if they were if they were involved in that your home is on fire (laughs) you can you can only grab one thing i don't know why i'm laughing (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't be laughing it's the wrong thing to do when you're asking a serious question (laughs) do as i say not as i do that's (laughs) That's it. Um, your home is on fire. You can only grab one thing as you rush out the door. What you know, you... I looked at that question and I thought, uh-huh. ah, because obviously you discount like your kids and the pets because hopefully your family and the pets yeah, are out. Yeah, automatically yeah. assuming everything living is and outside. I suppose up until quite recently when now obviously all photos are digital and stuff, I would have said photos yeah. because I've done it, all my kind of time traveling and like time at you just, yeah. 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 I would have said photos, probably would say photos, although I actually don't know where they are. Most of them anymore. <laughs> um, but I don't know when you realize kind of, as you get older, you know, things aren't that, mm. aren't that much. They don't mean, you know, you think they mean something, yeah. but we had friends, good friends back in May whose house did burn down. Burn. Yeah. And they had to move out for six months, and it obviously it was really traumatic. And they lost everything apart from what they were wearing. Wow! And and you know it becomes really clear at that point that nothing is important. Yeah. Nothing else is important. Yeah. So that yeah that kind of came to us unfortunately really quite starkly yeah. to our friends. But it's an important realization. Yeah. For sure, absolutely. I would like to thank you very much for the time that you've given me today and for sharing a wealth of information about your business and your plans. If people would like more information about Duffus Estate, where can they go? Uh, the website, which mm-hmm. is duffusestate.com. Um, yeah. And then Facebook and Instagram is Duffus Estate. You'll find us. Um, and uh, it's majority of just kind of yeah, work-based stuff um photographs of properties and things mm-hmm. and the occasional one of me doing something silly <laughs> like flinging myself into the sea but it's nice i recommend that people follow the instagram account so once again thank you very much i appreciate everything wish thank you great you. success with business in the future and i hope that we get a chance to sit down again thank you you're welcome Maiden Mari is a product of the Academy of Language Therapy and Life Coaching. Book a free online personal or professional development consultation today. What are you waiting for?